we had a fun time. Let's not mince words on that. We always have fun together. We had a great time. You know, what Saturday night isn't great where you argue about the parking, get pissed that somebody's making so much noise behind you, frustrate yourself about opening the beers. You forgot, like, getting laid, eating turkey pot pie, like, watching a warm-up episode of Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. Like, Yeah, it was an amazing Saturday. It was a good night. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. You're lucky because on today's episode, it's the movie Annex. A married couple looking for a reason to argue in front of people even when they're home alone. That's cute and fucked up. Welcome, everyone, to Landline Podcast, another episode of the movie Annex. I'm here with my beautiful, lovely, pregnant wife, Anna. Anna, how are you doing on this Sunday morning? Little bit of a high-octane Sunday. I've got to admit to that right away. Um, started out with a little namaste, a little yoga with Roxy, who maybe you're listening, Roxy. Hey. <laughs> you know but what? probably not. Um, you In always are so, you're so funny about Roxy. I know you're you're usually settle on. I ask you how Roxy was, and you say she's just so tall and beautiful. She's so pretty. I like get lost in her beautiful blue eyes. Um, you want to hold your mic a little bit closer? You just want to like get good at holding like her. this, not closer, but so that you're talking. In, this is where the sound wants to go. Okay, how's that? That's great. All right. Um, so you're the food first guest to the new landline studio in Brown House. I'm the, the food first guest. Yeah, Amazing. You're the fir- f- food first guest. Um, tell me, what what do you think? Well, this turlet that I'm sitting on barely looks used ever That's, have we ever told that story i don't think so i think it's is that a brand new toilet it's a brand new toilet I, I there's nothing been better than a brand new toilet uh i think i remarked one time that very few times in one's life does one get to use a brand new toilet do you think if you're a plumber you make a point of shitting in everyone's brand new toilet before you're like and here's your new bathroom remember in home alone bringing this full movie annex the wet bandits, how they would like flood everyone's. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about by that. Stuffing like what was it, socks in their sink or something like that? I totally forgot about that. But basically, now that you it. Uh, Christopher, what's that guy's name? Uh, Daniel Stern. Joe Pesci is like that's so stupid, and he's like that's our calling card. We're the wet bandits, and he always um, like leaves the uh, sinks in the bathrooms and uh kitchens on and floods the house after they steal everything but maybe there's a plumber who has a call sign like that after he installs the toilet is what i was trying to get to there he, he just like upper decks each new toilet and he's like here's your brand new bathroom if you ever see a company in the phone book called the upper deck plumbing company you do not it's and they have like they're trying to 
cover up what's really going on by saying that they're like the top of the pyramid. Like they're the upper deck. They're the best plumbing you can get. The creme de la creme. Yeah, the creme de la creme. Sounds like this lady in the Whole Foods parking lot really set us off in the wrong direction this morning. I would say so. So I went to get some fish downtown to make gravlocks for our Thanksgiving feast. We're having 20 people over for Thanksgiving and we're trying to celebrate this 300 year old house because it might be the last Thanksgiving we're spending in it. So I went to get some uh, Gulf of Maine farmed salmon to make gravlocks with the freshest salmon, most local salmon I could find. So I picked you up at yoga afterwards and we had to quickly go to Whole Foods as one does on Sunday morning for some kitchen twine and a whole chicken in order to test our turkey rotisserie for Thanksgiving. And we pulled in off the relatively main road into the Whole Foods parking lot. It's got to be one of the best per square foot selling Whole Foods in the Northeast, I would say. Very busy. There's always a parking shenanigan going on. And we pulled behind someone who was waiting to turn into a spot. And we kind of got in line with everyone else waiting to get their parking spots. The, really, the, the flow is if you wait long enough as you creep towards the exit, somebody will go to their car and you'll be able to pull in. And behind us pulls off of the road a gray stock Toyota Yaris hatchback. And without even a beat of us kind of establishing that we're waiting in line, the person starts laying on the like cheap Japanese horn. Do you, is there any way you can try to uh, remake that sound for? Our... Well, it's the kind of horn that is so cheap sounding that you're like, is that a car horn? It's like, <laughs> and you're like, what is someone honking at us? And like, what the fuck is going on with the cadence? Why would anyone act that way? The only thing that made this sound menacing was the frequency and the palpable energy with which she was slamming on her horn repetitively. So I I look in the rearview mirror and I just see this, I call it like Nantucket face, which we can go into that at another time. Oh, but we're going to go into it for sure. It's essentially just like, Big short hair, like a like a candy. What is that special candy that you get at the carnival? Cotton candy. Like a cotton candy halo around her like head, but she's got these like weathered lines in her face, and I was just like, Jesus. Yeah, if you dropped out of Yale to become a lobsterman in Maine forty years ago, this is what you would look like. It's like cute shoulders, lady. Like, did you play for the fucking Broncos in the? 40s like what is your issue <laughs> but so i was thinking about how i could describe it with a movie reference because it's the movie annex you know the woman who plays ben stiller's future mother-in-law and meet the parents she's a pretty famous actress who may did she recently passed away she's in a lot of movies if you took her and then like cast her in a role where she'd be drinking only gin and eating saltines for 35 years. And then they're like, we need to dye your pupils red and like hack your hair up and then put like a cardboard box under your sweater when you're on screen. That's what this person looked like. It was a split instant between assessing her face and demeanor in the rear view and her for the third time laying on her toy horn. So a usual horn might go, uh, some, some, or like beep beep, like come on, let's let's just pull around the side. This is like a, 
It's like That's pretty good, right? So she was like and No, no, it was quicker than that. She was like Whoa. That's it. And then there would be like two seconds of pause. That's it exactly. I'm I'm having like sweaty armpit flashbacks already so the interesting thing for us was that if we um looked back or there was a person in front of us so we were in the unique position of it not necessarily being our decision to stop so it was kind of nice we were kind of an observer of sorts anyways the woman we passed wait 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 wait, wait. before you go there i want to say that the last thing alex was talking about before this woman pulled in the last words out of his mouth were it reminded me of what a shitty place Boston is to live. And this was in reference to something else. But those were the words that came out of your mouth right before this lady pulled in behind you. Yeah, I think I said just to to uh, temper that a little bit. I said it reminded me of some of the reasons Boston can be such a shitty place to live. Okay, maybe. <laughs> Which was that I, I went to go get the fish and the place was open two hours after it said it was. And Google had sent me to the wrong place. And I hate Google Maps and I hate Google and then I had the dogs with me, so I was like, oh, I'll take the dogs for a walk around the neighborhood. And literally, there was no grass in sight. It was just a construction site or a high-rise. Those were my two options. Anyway, fun, fun Sunday morning. Um, I, before we decided to pull around, I opened oh, the car door. Did you turn your mic off? Can no. you hear me? Now I can. It was only for the last... It was just that last sentence. That was the only thing that was... Bad. Are you sure? Yeah, you just randomly turned it off. Okay, so... I popped out of the passenger side door just to give this lady like a look at my face. Like, what do you expect us to do in this situation? This was before we had passed the before woman in we front went of us. around the waiting person, which there wasn't much room on either side of this person. It was going to be a maneuver. So I, I was like, what, what's like, what are you doing lady? And she was just like, Meh! she had this like, angry gerbil face and i was just like oh my god and i like got back in the car and i was just like what the fuck is going on what is up with old people people were laughing coming out of the store like so me and you because we were the object of her anger we didn't think it was funny yet but other people were like could start observing in retrospect people started to see that she was a crazy person Anyways, we pass the car in front of us who's waiting to pull in. She follows us. And lucky us, there's two spots side by side. Right next to each other. So we pull in at the end of the lot into a spot. She pulls in right next to us. And you're like, I'm going to talk to her. And I was like, I'm going to talk to her too. We get out of the car. We go around to her side. of I, I parked to the right because I didn't want you to be as close to her. I noticed that. And uh, I we walk around to her side and sort of wait for her to get out to... We, you just said something like, I'm going to be nice to her. Like, we were about to have, like, a in this post-Trump presidency world, is this how you're going to act in Newton, Massachusetts? Like, is this what the world needs? I was like, I'm going to show her my, like, ugly yoga outfit and my pregnant belly and, like, give her a smile and be like, hey, I'm so glad we found parking spots. And, <laughs> and she pulls out a... Um, a dumb phone out of her she like goes into her fendi purse or whatever her make-believe fendi purse not fendi let's get let we got to be on brand it was her like ll bean tote that she had had for 60 years and she had a wallet she did have like a fancy wallet i didn't see yeah usually they'll they'll throw in their louis vuitton wallet and that but she i thought she was gonna like 
but that's another thing I want to talk about. She was poor. She was, but but let me get to the end of this story. <laughs> she wasn't. Yes, she was poor. I okay. I've been reading this Malcolm Gladwell book. Okay, let's come back to the poor thing. Okay, so anyways. She pulls this dumb phone that my dad just ordered from Verizon. Uh, it's like one of those ones that slides up so you can text with a full keyboard. But They're it, called a Sidekick yeah, 2. Yeah, it's like a Sidekick 3 at this point. And um, she pulls it out, looks at us with like her crazy, weird, weathered face out of the side of her her eyes. and like hold, total crone moment. Like, ooh, like chills you to the bone. And does this weird thing where she presses the button of her phone a few times in front of me so I can see it, but it's not going and anywhere. she's like, police, get me the police. Yeah, and she pretends like she's dialing something. It's like out of a slapstick comedy where someone picks up a phone and is like, hello, <laughs> pretends to be talking to someone. She's pretending to talk to the police, saying, I need the police. And I, and I turned to you and I said this, woman's crazy we just got to go like she was clearly a crazy person like literally not like she's an asshole like she was crazy we were higher up than her on the totem pole of normalness and we needed to sort of defer to her insanity but i rather than defer was extremely interested in her calling the police and bringing them like i couldn't wait to have that conversation but my my better half convinced me otherwise i am the heated irish woman in this relationship and so we so we take a few steps towards the automatic door and we turn around because i want to see if she's going to get out then or if what she's going to do and she she sees me doing that she's a master manipulator like whatever why whatever her husband thought he was going to take in the divorce she ended up getting like 30 percent more because someone was just like as long as we can stop having meetings with this woman i think you should just give her the vacation house so um, she turns around her shoulder and makes this weird, like, jabbing, pointing sign towards us while she has the phone up to her ear. Wow, as if she's As if she's gotten the police all the time. Oh, s- they're on the line. They're on the line. They're coming. They're rushing to the parking lot in Newton to fucking have a conversation with an insane person. For the third time that week, probably, with this lady. I mean, she calls the cops when the neighbor's cat goes outside. Oh, my God. So that was the Newton Whole Foods at uh, 10.43 on a Sunday morning. And we were just looking for some for a, for a whole chicken that was probably actually raised in a torturous environment because Whole Foods is a liar. And some, some chicken string, some, some tied chicken string. So now on the good side of today, on the positive side of today, I served you three of what you call the best cider, the best donuts you'd ever had in your life. They were the be- like immediately upon taking the first bite, I knew that I was having the best donut I've ever had in my life. I just think that a cake donut, a, a freshly fried cake donut, can't be beat. I, all this raised donut shit in the world, the voodoo donuts of the world, the sort of like frosting, crap, cookie, cereal topped fake sugar bullshit icing a good donut is deep fried and i think sometimes it has potato in it and then it's covered in cinnamon and sugar and that's just that's the end of the story there's a killer spot i would love to take you in charlottesville someday called spud nuts Mm. cake donuts made with potato delicious but back to the point at hand there was something half cake half raised about this thing It wasn't like super, super dense and it was very airy. No, it was very evocative. My husband just farted in this fucking room. 
and it's six feet by three feet. We're in the bathroom. <sighs> anyway. Um, evocative of the apple cider that went into it. Like the cake color was a deeper russet than a typical cake donut. Like it had all these Maybe qualities I had never seen before in a donut. It was almost like carroty colored. Might have been applesauce in there or something like that. But this is like what pregnancy is like, right, babe? I mean, you've got the highs of the apple cider donuts and the lows of the crazy woman in the Toyota Yaris. You've got the highs of a uh, yoga section of the Roxy and then the lows of your husband farting in a four by four foot room while you're supposed to fucking roller coaster over here. (laughs) All right. So we went to the movies last night. Um, we went to Hacksaw Ridge. Smells like hot garbage in here right now for those of you at home. Not, I don't think fart jokes are funny. I don't know why you're bringing them to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, we went to Hacksaw Ridge starring... Starring? Um, the guy who invented Facebook, Billy Bob Thornton. No. And Reese Witherspoon with dyed red hair. Is that who was in it? You crazy boo. Although that lady did look a lot like Reese Witherspoon. She was beautiful. Um, she's definitely getting Googled a lot in the last two weeks. She's never seen her Google stats go higher. Um, Hacksaw Ridge directed by Mel Gibson Um, as you know in the movie Annex we give you kind of the tertiary periphery story of our reasons for and time at the movies Um, no spoilers other than the spoilers we give you and uh, we try to just give you a reason to go out to the movies Uh, Saturday night for us it was sort of a cold becoming wet evening in suburban boston it was spitting it was spitting um we almost didn't go we've got we've we're in a couple of television holes here we are in a hole with the crown a new netflix series about the life and times of uh queen elizabeth ii so good uh we are in a weird sort of double we got back into a hole we've already crawled out of which is the wet hot american summer television netflix we're back in that hole because it's such a good hole to be in it's a great i mean it's just like a comforting blanket on a cold night um i i'm actually back in a hole my own hole this is this is beyond back in a hole so we have a friend who recently visited who um was divorced a few years ago after a short marriage um no passing judgment there but he said he's watched the office the entire series start to finish three times since his divorce. Which Which only had the horrible effect of normalizing the absurd behavior my husband is currently engaged in. We're not even getting a divorce. I know. And he is halfway through the entire series for the second time. I sort of pick and choose random seasons. I just think for there must be a, a, a better man, a better woman than us will explain the psychology behind sort of 30-something white males loving The Office as much as they do. It just it scratches an itch that some of us, like, love scratched. I mean, other people, you know, some of my other friends I don't think would ever watch The Office, um, even to start. Anyways, so we've been in those holes, and we were kind of tied to the couch a little bit Saturday afternoon. We had just eaten an aristocrat's turkey pie hmm. that we bought frozen from the local grocery store. It was delicious. The big problem I have with this whole food thing that I've gotten myself so ingrained in 
is that yes, it feels good to buy a local product and support the local economy and it's a handmade thing with a cute label and it's not hipster, it's just like old fashioned and great. Put it in the oven at 450 for an hour and you get a delicious turkey pot pie. But the turkeys are obviously raised in Iowa someplace and then shipped to the to the company here in Massachusetts. It's not like they're getting farm fresh turkeys from Mass. So, I mean, what like what does one do? You can basically just never buy prepared food if you're trying to do the right thing. And yet, we need some prepared food every now and again, like on a Saturday night, right? Yeah, I we can go into that later. Okay. So, what do you want to go into then? Well, it seems that since we're on the movie Annex, we should talk about a movie. Okay. So, so we go to the store. We go to the Landmark Cinema in Waltham. Check out our other movie annexes to hear. If you listen to our uh, one on Come Hell or High Water. Or you, The Lobster. Or The Lobster. We went to both movies there. Um, it's kind of our old standard now. It's easy to park usually. Um, there's plenty of seats. It's not one of those newfangled um, theaters with like the recliner and the delivered nachos and the $9 IPA. Yeah, I feel like this story actually starts several weeks ago when we first went to see Hacksaw Ridge. Um, essentially, it was getting some buzz. Um, this was a week before Arrival came out, so other contemporaries who knows it was like children's movies and things like that but um we decided we wanted to go get some gelato and go to a fancy movie theater in chestnut hill chestnut hill mall from what i could tell on fandango we couldn't pre-buy tickets and my husband has a lot of anxiety around my need to get to movies early so I've been trying to play it cooler. I've gotten much better at the airport. Same thing applies. I'm trying to get better about the movies. But essentially, it's just me forcing myself into a hole of behavior that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Um, Which is great for a pregnant lady. Great for a pregnant lady. Great for a marriage. Um, so I'm trying to play it cool and sit around the house like... I know that it's at least a half hour drive and it's a fancy movie theater. So it's likely going to be crowded. It's opening weekend. I was like, maybe we can leave uh, 10 minutes. We'll leave in 10 minutes, like 25 minutes past. We get in the car to go. Um, do you want to take it from here? Well, I don't know. We fight traffic across town, cross route nine, Get, I refuse to use the GPS. Make we, some wrong turns because of it. We get lost. Finally, fi- I, I throw you out on the curb once we finally get there Well, because I can't stand being in the car parking with you anymore. And yeah, He just can't stand being in the car with an anxious person who <laughs> wants to go see a movie. So, um, And it's like one of those mall theaters where there is a northern Italian steakhouse attached called Davio's. Hey... Uh, Americans, have you ever been in Northern Italy? I've been once. I'm not exactly an expert, but guess what they don't have? Like, like three story picture window steakhouses with like 3,500 calorie meals made of commodity meat and vegetables. It's like where everyone goes to have an affair when the airport is closed. It's just like the most disgusting trend of bad health, bad etiquette, uh, bad 
what's it called? Bad taste. It's like, if you're looking for where the world's blue fiber optics went, they are all at Davos, <laughs> lighting up <laughs> this incredibly hideous glass floor to ceiling sculptures everywhere. So the theater also is attached to it and they have like a fancy bar where like the Di Sarono is being shown with like a, a blue light underneath on the top shelf. And ultimately when you ask to buy a ticket, somebody takes out an iPad and like checks everything that way. I mean, makes you want to just take a flamethrower to the whole place. I guess that's what they would have done in Hacksaw Ridge. But we didn't get tickets. Long story short, we couldn't get tickets. It was There sold was up. one seat left. There was one seat left in the front row, mm-hmm. which I offered to you. <laughs> and I almost took it. So anyways, we finally made it last night to a regular old-fashioned theater that doesn't make any money. There were 10 people working at this theater when we walked in. There were three behind the ticket counter. There were five behind the desk. There was someone, you know, sweeping up. The popcorn sweeper. I was watching his technique and lamenting the fact that he was getting maybe 20% of the popcorn with each pass into his scooper. I was just like, what? And then the ticket taker. And it's like, okay, so there's going to be 16 people in this movie and you guys have 10 people working. Is the government subsidizing this entity? I still can't figure it out. No, Mark Cuban is. <laughs> if you want to know more about that, you can go and re-listen to Hell or High Water podcast. Or listen to it for the first time. So anyways, we sat down. I snuck a couple of Long Trail Harvest beers in. I'm trying to keep the hope alive when it comes to drinking in the movie theater now that my wife is pregnant. I had, I had you know I've been doing better about drinking too much, I would say. But um, last night, it was Saturday. I decided I'd sort of tie one on. And uh, designated driver here to the left. And so I snuck a few beers in. And then we sat down. And it was bright as hell in the theater. And finally the the lights dimmed for the commercials to start. So then we got to get through. There's something really weird about watching commercials with a bunch of people you don't know. It makes me feel physically uncomfortable. It might be because I grew up in a family where my father always muted every commercial. So that any time, I mean, it's like when we go to the doctor's office, your OBGYN, and they're blasting the Today Show on a big screen in the waiting room. And then it goes to like some commercial for impotence or diabetes or, you know, whatever, like the, a Swiffer product. Are, does that make you feel, is that like what America is? A bunch of people in a waiting room watching a commercial together on a flat screen in a doctor's office? Well, for those of you out there wondering, oh, my God, what did Alex do in that situation? Did he just sit quietly and try to handle his emotions and hold on to himself? No, he gets up and either turns the TVs off or completely mutes them without asking permission. So, again, some fun anxiety for this pregnant lady to deal with. I feel like someone should ask me permission if they can play the TV. Like, what if... What if you have a three-year-old kid in there and there's like a bra ad on? Is that like what you what you want your kids to be watching? Like, I'm sorry. Is a that, bra ad? I don't know anything. Like, three-year-olds like, spent half their lives sucking a tit, so <laughs> they don't give a shit about a bra ad. All right. Well, what about like a violence ad, an ad for a video game or yeah, something like that? violence ad. Those are awful. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I, bad, but I do we do we decide as a country? No, no, no. This is like I know this is complacency and this is clockwork orange and this is how we all become sheep and Soma. But it's 30 second increments of your life. Just like think of the kitty hanging from the tree. Hang in there. You know, it's like it's going to be over in 30 seconds. But 
I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth because simultaneously when we're seeing an ad for Cadillac or whatever, like how it's reinventing America, Detroit, thanks Cadillac, some fat, loud fuck behind me is just running his mouth at Alex level in the theater. Last night, right back to the movie theater. So it's like jump cut to the landmark cinema. I know this is a commercial, but do we have to like talk at a volume that is uncomfortable? Yeah, he's not. We I know the movie hasn't started, but we came here to just watch this big screen play images and sound. So and it's like, is this horrible like whiskey breath? I'm smelling my husband's or this which I love or this fat fuck behind me who I hate with every fiber of my being. I got a, uh, so back to blink by Malcolm Gladwell, a book I'm reading for my class decisions taught by Dwight Gertz, former, um, founder of Bain with Mitt Romney. So blink is a book. Many people have heard of probably many people have read, but you know, one quick note about the first 50 pages is they basically say you can figure out a lot about a person taking a, a small observation of them, which I love to read about because it's a confirmation bias because I feel like stereotyping is the best thing anyone can ever do. So I took away from that guy behind us who was yelling that you hated so much that his wife, girlfriend or whoever was mortified. She was mortified and she was just sitting silently hoping that her not saying anything back to him. Zero feedback would give him would cause him to stop. But it ended up just like moving forward and forward and forward. So we ended up moving our seats and choosing a neck craning space instead of a like a perfect space because I think, again, it's a management of our anxiety. Like, let's get into this. Like, this is why I think my father doesn't go to the movies anymore. And it's weird. I mean, I don't know how many people out there have a parent or a sibling who refuses to go to the movies. Actually, your brother John is sort of like this. I think this feeds into a less familiarly charged conversation which is how do you pick your seats at the movie theater as soon as I like I hate sitting too close but at the same time as soon as I was sitting in the fourth row and there were zero heads in front of me I felt so much better and I was like I am about to enjoy the shit out of this movie interestingly enough I went to see Arrival with my mom and dad about two weeks ago And they look to me and they're like, we go to the back row. And it was like a a stadium seating where every seat is decent. But and and back is like a little too far for me. And I was like, I wonder why they're doing, you know, like it's just so interesting. The psychology behind where you gravitate in the theater. So for me, the back row is a nightmare because then you have to see everybody. Exactly. And I'm trying to see nobody. Exactly. So, um, yeah, well. I do think there's a level of being in public now that is uncomfortable. And you you see, like, we saw Trumbo on the plane flying back from um, Portland to Boston a couple weeks ago. Great movie. Trumbo, uh, Brian Cranston, amongst others. Uh, Louis C.K., totally underwhelming. Don't know why that guy keeps getting roles in. It's like Louis C.K. plays himself under a different name. And in a, in the wrong time period, wearing like jeans and like a Skecher t-shirt. Like, why is he in this movie? Um, so, but basically they show all these scenes because Trumbo was a writer, famous writer that got blacklisted in, uh, you know, the 50s in Hollywood. They show all these scenes, those, those 
classic scenes from movies of everyone in the movie theater and every seat is taken and it's like this amazing thing because it was new and it was a way to get entertained and there were even some scenes last, last night. night yeah with that um but the sort of I don't know. I mean, do you think that the way that people were in interact- nobody goes to the movies anymore. I'm trying to think. I was thinking about this yesterday, you know, of my friends who listen to this podcast, like none of them even go to the movies. I don't I bet Gabe. Has- Is that true? You guys call us up. Leave a message. 617-744-1895. That's good, babe. Do you go to the movies anymore? If so, what's the last movie you saw? I think Saul goes to the movies. I think Max, who's going to be on the podcast this week, goes to the movies. I don't think Gabe has been to a movie theater in L.A. I don't think Chris Baker has been to a movie theater in three years. Mike would have to like make his own puppet movie theater in Southern Chile. Uh, Mitch doesn't go to the movies. So I don't know. I mean, who goes to the movies? I think old like, people, right? Old people, which is what we, which is, which a, is what we strive to be. <laughs> All right. So should we talk a little bit about the movie? Uh, I don't see why not. Um, so this movie is about the, uh, sorry. Basically this movie is set in early 1940s rural America in Virginia. Beautiful shots of the Blue Ridge Mountain where Anna's originally from. I'm from Piedmont, Virginia, but whatever. And, uh. Tidewater. I don't know. I don't know where I'm from in Virginia, but not the mountains. But you spend time there. You feel a connection to I it. I do. Uh, summer camp every year in my college. What's that guy from? So the guy, Andrew Garfield is his name. He was in the social network as the guy who got screwed out of the money who comes to the door. Severin. Yeah, he comes, Eduardo Severin. He mm-hmm. comes to the door in uh, Palo Alto and Justin Timberlake answers it and it's pouring rain and Mark is supposed to pick him up at the airport and they're like taking bong hits behind Justin Timberlake in the house and it's like everything falls together. He sues the shit out of everybody. So he plays the main character and then I thought Billy Bob Thornton was his dad but it turns out... I thought it was Kevin Costner. So (laughs) someone completely different. It was Hugo something. And they... It's a story of this uh, army medic who fights in the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge in on the island of Okinawa in Japan where there's an army base. Maybe we'll get a little Okinawa uh, beta from Max. He was stationed there for a wow, long time. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, but here, so the the stories of the guy, you know, falling in love, joining up, and then going to o- Okinawa. And that's all I'll say about the story. I think we kind of want to talk about the movie itself. So one thing is that th- you, how did you build this movie to yourself before we saw it? What did you know about it? Where did you learn it? And what did you think we were getting into? High production war movie directed and produced by what I consider a safe Hollywood bet for a good time, Mel Gibson. And you- that was getting great reviews. And I also had anecdotal information from my dad who saw it and was like, oh, it was great. I loved it. Um, he see, he sees every movie that comes out. So I was like, oh, this is something I want to see. So you, I said this last night when we got home, but an interesting thing for me is I have this list in my head where I prioritize the movies that are out in order of how quickly I need to see them. It's like a race against the Oscars, right? You hope to try to see 40 to 60% of all the movies that are nominated for Best Picture in a great year where you're out of work and you somehow got a gift card 
to the Regal Cinemas in your stocking, you can see hint, eight, hint. 80% of the movies out there. And you skip the one about uh, Auschwitz or... Philomena. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, old people falling in love in India with... Uh, What's her name? And Ex- Best Exotic Marigold Hotel was not nominated. I think it was. I think that was the first or second year where they expanded the nominations. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, so I thought this was like at the top of my list. I heard it was extremely gory from the guys on sports radio. It was extremely gory, but I felt that it was more palp- palpable. Palatable. Palatable than uh, Saving Private Ryan, personally. But ult- because it was glossier, yeah, the entire so l- production. Let's talk about the gloss. It feels like they sit down at a production meeting. They know they can get the money. The script is fine. The story is good. They've got the actors lined up, and they're going to sit down with the production designer and the director of photography, and they're going to talk about how they want this movie to look. It's a completely black blank canvas. Like let you know, ultimately how a movie looks and feels really has a way bigger impact on your interaction with it than who's casting it or what the words are. It it completely changes the texture of the human interaction with the film. And this was, I said in the middle, very comic booky. Um, which means what? Like how how would you describe that without showing people? I think I was taken by how apt that off-the-cuff description was it, it was one of those things where I turned to Alex in the theater and he's like it's just like a comic book you know and I was like huh how many beers has he had but then I started to think about it and I was like he's right the imagery was is like holy shit that guy's legs are blown off but it wasn't like I don't know it was somehow sterilized and just the warmth of the light in Virginia on this guy's face Andrew there wasn't Garf- spurting blood either no it was like open wounds but not spurting blood which i think is a benchmark of the rating system huh what the blood does was this rated r or pg-13 r okay rated r not for nudity that's what they should have said because that shows you how violent it was basically um and not for language no not for language really either um so but it was like you know they had the so vince vaughn plays the drill sergeant who, I mean, I guess when you compare this to Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan, just sort of that, that like, filter that they used, that sort of patina on all the scenes, the sort of depressing nature and smokiness of that period of time where, like, yes, VE Day was amazing, but, like, prior to that, it was a bunch of VD. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But prior to that, it was a bunch of like it could have been gray days training and gray days at the airbase in London. And like, you know, it was cold and wet and all that stuff. This was much more blue skies up until the battle, warm light on the characters faces, tight shots, bright colors like the whiteness of the nurse that he falls in love with. I mean, pristine white. Everything was like pro-America. I mean, did you ever think that? Is there anything to the sense that Mel Gibson makes a World War II movie and Jews aren't mentioned once? Like, it's all he's like, well, I probably don't want to dip my toe in the German point of view, so let's stick to the Pacific. Like, let's do the uh, that's interesting. Let's do the Pacific theater. Let's choose a story about American heroism that is about. By the way, new for all the racists out there, and we saw in a few weeks ago that there are plenty of them. 
for our big racist audience, nip is a word that's used repeatedly to describe Japanese people in this movie. They keep on saying the nips, the nips. Have you ever heard that racist term? I, I didn't hear it, but I, it comes from Nippon, which is the Japanese word for Japan. Huh. Is what I would assume. I wonder if they were like, we can say nips instead of Japs because no one will know. Maybe. And they said Japs a few times too. But, you know, other times when you're watching like the Pacific. That's interesting. I didn't even Pac- pick up on that. Yeah. they're ni- Oh, the nips will do this and nips will come out of the ground. Nips, nips, nips. So be careful if you're asking your mom for one of those coffee flavored um, dessert candies after the meal at uh, New Year's Eve. Say pass the nips. Make sure you know that you're in, you know, good company. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, tell us more, babe. We need to hear more from you about this movie. Well, Alex was super tough on this movie. Alex's score. Walked out of the theater. Again, this is several alcoholic beverages into his evening. He said, that movie sucked. And I... I wouldn't give it that rating. I I didn't give it the typical A+. Anna's score? It was a... Like, I couldn't give... Like, there wasn't enough of a transformative feeling to myself upon leaving the theater. Like, wow, I really, like, am thinking about that differently. I was a little bit desensitized, a little bit like, I hope I didn't, like... Am I, like, hurting the baby by watching shit like this? I can't help it. Like, I read horror novels and i watch like scary tv shows and violence like it's who i am i'm sorry babe mckay but that's who you're getting as a mom um so i had all these like tempered feelings and reactions but it certainly wasn't a shit movie no it wasn't a shit movie i so you think every movie is an a plus and then i say it sucks so that we can come to some sort of b minus consensus i'd say this is a solid B minus or B B. I would even say, look, it was we had a fun time. Let's not mince words on that. We always have fun together. We had a great time. You know what? Saturday night isn't great where you argue about the parking, get pissed that somebody's making so much noise behind you, frustrate yourself about opening the beers. You forgot like getting laid, eating turkey pot pie, like watching a warm up episode of. Wet hot American summer, first day of camp. Like, yeah, it was an amazing it Saturday. Was a good night. It was an amazing Saturday. Um, but I think, and and even let's talk about positive aspects of the movie. Um, the whole idea of so Hacksaw Ridge is basically not a ridge; it's a cliff that they have to climb a rope bridge up to get to. And then when they get there, there's this like, I mean, that was like the 300 or one of those movies where there's this never ending push of Japanese soldiers coming out of literally tunnels in in the the ground ground and just relentlessly fighting these people back. Um, And then they kind of had no way to do anything but fall off the back of the cliff. And that was their only escape plan. I mean, there was a natural barrier that allowed them to fall back and be protected. Like it, it was a, it was a compression point where the nips would have had to get in tight to be able to infiltrate where that bridge was. I mean, the, this is minutia. And I think that we should just give our takeaway, which is I say, see this in the theater. Cause it's going to suck on, on your TV. If you're hungover or like stone and you've seen everything else, good movie to go to. If you if you need to avoid going to like the Princess Diaries on Christmas Day with your family, this is definitely an alternative. You 
you know, split up and then meet afterwards. Um, I think if you've seen Arrival, like now see that, Arrival, so everyone. See, see Arrival, it. and then what else? I mean, I mean, the new Star Wars movie is going to take this movie's place of like dumb blockbusters that'll be fun to see in the theater, and that comes out in two weeks. This is more of um, Unbreakable than it is uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's a good. That's a good classification but unbreakable was a good movie unbreakable was way too long and yeah. sort of boring this I wasn't like that. This I, a, I liked this movie way better than unbreakable speaking of length this actually wasn't that long but you feel like it's still the beginning halfway through and then they just jump to the last third well it's not like several battles on in the pacific theater it's it's called hacksaw ridge right. because it's about one battle um, pretty amazing that this is how these wars were fought. I think we're so distant from this. You mentioned on the way out that it was ultimately basically like revolutionary war style fighting, hand to hand combat. Where are the fighter jets, with, bro? Yeah, Jesus. With with automatic weapons. And we, we need to look it up, but why they didn't have air cover, because they had naval cover. They had destroyers firing big you know, um, shells, shells basically from the ocean up to the ridge, why they didn't have an aircraft carrier. Maybe they couldn't get it through some sort of bay or canal, or it was easy for their submarines to hit or Max, something. Wh- why wasn't that the case? Help us understand. So on the whole, another great cap to, uh, um, night, I would say, you know, Better than binge drinking at some club with a bunch of Venezuelan guys that you go to business school with. Cause, Save that for Friday and Sunday. Um, right, Wednesdays. And, uh, you know, Mel Gibson, back on the horse, apparently not blackballed completely out of... Uh, he's uh, always relevant. He's always somehow. relevant. He, he will be invited by Trump to the uh, correspondence dinner, no doubt. My God. So, anywho... Um, Anything else? Parting shots? Any Thanksgiving notes for our friends and family? No, not for our friends and family, but... Well, I would leave this gentle teaser. Get geared up. This is Oscar season. We are dedicated um, Oscar movie seers. Uh, We're probably going to see some headier think pieces after a last pair of, at least for me personally, sort of bubblegum, but fun movies. Um, tell us what you think we should see next. Like, should I make Alex go see Moonlight? He doesn't seem to be interested. Um, yeah. If there's anybody out there with theories on whether or not Manchester by the Sea will be able to be digestible or not, we'll be your guinea pigs. Let us know what you think. Landline podcast at Gmail, 617-744-1895. Thanks for listening to the movie Annex. Thanks for sticking with the podcast. Remember, tell a friend. Uh, spread the word trying to be Monday and Friday steady here. So let's keep up the momentum. Thank you to my lovely, beautiful pregnant wife, Anna for going to the movies with me. You're welcome. And podcasting with me in the turlet room on the third floor. Just one last atmospheric note. We have officially fogged up the window that looks out onto the yard based on our hot air. We blow with great rapidity and success. So you're welcome. If there was about, 80% 80% less rust in this room, I'd say. It was almost sexy in here. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Landline is hosted, written, and produced by Alex McKay. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Find other episodes of Landline on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and talkforaliving.com. 
Call the landline at 617-744-1895. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. We're taking this show to the top, baby. You're listening to Landline.